Hey, it's Katie, and you're listening to Family Meal. This is the part of Copper and Heat for you to tell us what you've been thinking and feeling while you've been listening to the episodes. So I'm going to play the thoughts from today's caller here in a second, but I wanted to remind y'all of how to do this. It's really easy. Whatever you've been thinking about or feeling while you're listening to the episodes, just pull out your phone and record a voice memo. So after you record it, just send it to us at hello at copperandheat.com. If you want your name on it, make sure you tell us who you are and where you're from on the recording. You can totally keep it anonymous if you want to. It's totally up to you. All right, so here's something that we got from Ray DeLucci. He's a cook in Chicago, and he also hosts a podcast and Instagram account called Line Cook Thoughts, which is super cool. So I highly recommend you check it out. So here's Ray. Hey, Katie. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Ray. I run the Line Cook Thoughts podcast and Instagram page. Yeah, basically, I'm here a little bit to talk about my own story about being a line cook, or I guess the economics of it, and struggling financially was a big theme when I first started out. I went to the Culinary Institute of America, and for all four years, I ended up having to work the weekends uh, because, you know, I really wanted a good culinary degree. I got a lot of good scholarships that would make me, you know, less in debt after school. But during college, I really didn't have a lot of money, and I had a lot of bills to pay. And, you know, maybe not everybody's situation in terms of being broke in school, in terms of all the cooks in the industry, but I know a lot of people could relate to being in college and not having a lot of money. And I literally would have to do class five days a week, and then I would work on the weekends. So I'd work about 25 to 30 hours on the weekends. Um, And this did take a toll on me. I did it for about eight months. So I got a class at about 2 p.m., and then I'd have to drive 40 minutes from Hyde Park to Beacon, New York, work that weekend shift, leave late Friday night, drive 40 minutes back, be back Saturday around 11 o'clock, drive back Saturday night, which was usually late. I'd probably get home around 11, 30, 12, and then be back the next morning for brunch, which was you know a pretty early shift. I'd get there around 7 o'clock, which means I had to get up around 5.30 to get there and make the 40-minute drive. And I mean, this is a lot, and I feel like a lot of cooks go through this. Whether you're in school or you're just working and you have a long commute, it's very taxing. And, you know, that plus being in school, it definitely wasn't the best of situations for me. And I definitely did have a lot of anxiety attacks from that. Uh, You know, it was just very tough because I never really had a break. And when I was doing all that, I was working during the week as well at school um, to make ends meet. And, you know, I think uh, a big issue in our industry or a big thing that just cooks in general we don't learn about is the financial side of things uh like how to financially like set yourself up and you know that's something i'm still learning but i think a lot of a lot of cooks get stuck in this uh mentality or mindset that you know you're gonna get paid be paid really like bad for the first 10 years of your career in hopes of one day it all opening up and you make a lot of money and what i've realized and what i you know i I realized that I realized this last year in Chicago that I did not want to be uh, stuck in this uh, life of always being broke. You know, I came from a lower middle class family. You know, we had to make ends meet. 
it was definitely money was always something that was tough for us. And you know, when you're a cook and like you want to focus on your career, like for me, I just didn't want to work, like think about that anymore. Seven months after culinary school, massaging, emailing, trying to get into all these places, all these Michelin star restaurants, all these different things. I got accepted into a couple, uh, but they weren't really the right fit for me. And then some others I got rejected and I was in Chicago in a cafe and I was just like, I'm done. Like, I mean, this doesn't make sense. And I like really just like I had a coffee. I had like an hour and a half before I got I had to get on the train to go catch my flight. And I just had this moment where I was just like, you know, like I love food and there's so many different outlets and there's so many different things like management or food writing or I mean, so many different things you can go with in your career. And I was really putting myself into this box of fine dining. And there's nothing wrong if you have this extreme goal of doing fine dining. But I think a lot of us in this industry only think that that is the only goal or that's the only path you can really take and that anything else seems ingenuine or that's true to the heart, but that's so totally wrong. So I think the economics of being a cook comes down to, you know, realizing that if you have talents that can be used elsewhere in the industry and you actually are kind of interested and have a passion for something else in the industry, you should definitely chase after that because just being in a box because you're afraid of what other people are going to say about you leaving the fine dining sector or you're, or you think you're, you're taking a step down to go work somewhere else. It's like, so not true. Like you need to work for what makes you better. And I think a lot of the fine dining establishments, the Michelin establishments, um, you know, they're so sought after and there's so many employees and you know, it's not all on them that the pay sometimes it can be really low. Like how, like you can't pay, you know, a lot of the restaurants in that sector don't make as much profit as we think which again is not taught to us uh, that well if you're just in the industry. I just think that when it comes to economics of being a cook, I think that you have to really understand your strengths before you go into the industry and try forging your path because you could be really happy managing something. You could be really happy going into like that QSR restaurant that could be so totally different from the fine dining you're chasing now, but the only reason you're in fine dining is because you think it's the only path. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's more than one route. You know, I have a lot of friends and people I've talked to through the page who are really financially stuck and like, they love what they're doing, but the main problem is the finances and not being able to support themselves, not, not being able to stand on their two feet, not being able to meet bills on time. I feel like you should be, you should have some sort of want to make money. And I think that looks kind of evil in the restaurant industry sometimes. Like we make, we, a lot of people make fun of chefs expanding or doing different concepts or having sponsorships, but like, you're so focused on not being able to pay your bills that you're not even allowed to like fully tap into your creative uh, potential. You're not even able to really think much more uh, beyond your job about what it is to be a cook or what it is you're trying to work on. And so I would say that, you know, do what you need to do in terms of passion. But a lot of times the passion in the food industry can equate to being financially stable. It doesn't always have to equate to you working for free or working for years and years on end without making a lot of money. I, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. And I, I can only tell my story. I really don't know how anyone else feels. But I know that when I was in school, I had the ability to lead and manage and do whatever. Um, but for like seven months, I was stuck on being in fine dining because I was worried everyone would judge me and I was worried that I was somehow 
not going to be as great of a person or as great of a chef because I left the fine dining sector. But turns out that if you're actually in the business of serving each guest a good meal, it really doesn't matter where you're at. If you're providing value and you're providing a really good quality meal to someone and you're making memories for them and you're making an impact in their lives and you're able to do that consistently, I think that's what's the most important. I think that's what it means to be a chef. Definitely is tough. I definitely empathize with any cook going through that situation and I wish you the best luck in terms of getting on your feet. Thanks so much for listening to this family meal. They'll be coming out in between all of our other full episodes, so send us in your thoughts. We'll be back next week with our next full episode about a restaurant caught in the middle of the cook labor shortage and the crackdown on the border. We'll hear from you soon.